1: The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on youtube channels such as neo reality entertainment nre the wrestleverse and nre pop culture omniversa
0: Welcome one it all to the 46th episode of Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. I'm your host, Derek Brown, and this episode once again is brought to you by the Everyday Fans. Check out their links in the description below. So 46 episodes in. We're closing in on 50 soon. After that, I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh uh, so let's get right into things. Uh The week started off, uh, bad. EA decided to go ahead and shoot themselves in the foot with a tweet. Oh dear. (laughs) So, uh, EA decided to make fun of single-player games. EA decided saying there are 10, but they only like playing single-player games. Considering Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out, there's the popular Fallen Order. Yeah, I gained a lot of traction. Like, Vince Sampella of Respawn, Jacksepticeye of YouTube, and Game Awards host Jeff Kingley uh, all shared their... um, disparagement with this thing and a lot of others made made fun of and criticized EA in retaliation. Yeah. uh, They had over 9,000 replies and uh, uh, 10,000 quote tweets. After four hours after the original post, the company came out saying, Roast well-deserved will take the sale because playing single-play games actually makes them an 11. So yeah, apparently employees were pissed off, Respawn was pissed off, everyone was pissed off. So uh, congratulations yeah, you had united the internet for a brief time to hating you. Congrats. So Tim Allen, remember Tim Allen, the 69 year old actor who uh, also voices uh, uh, Voices Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear from the Toy Story series. So, during the interview, he said he wishes the sci-fi film had better connections to his version of Buzz. Uh, okay. So, how do I say this? Um, he was saying this, saying it's a wonderful story, just doesn't seem to have any connection to the tour. And it's a little, I don't know. It just has no relationship to Buzz. It's just no connection. I wish there was a better connection. Okay. You do know in Toy Story, the Buzz Lightyear character you're familiar with is... How do I put this delicately? I don't know how to say this. Uh, is a toy. And the toy is based off of a popular science fiction franchise. So... Yeah. The only connection they have is that it's a franchise and they made merchandise. So I don't know how you can make OG Buzz Lightyear of the movie Lightyear. Yeah, complicated. Uh, Yeah. The film is not done well in the box office, ranking only a meager $51 million in the box office, which, according to Disney, that's bad. Yeah. So yeah, that's that bad for Pixar. Meanwhile, Sucker Punch, the gaming studio, and Formate announced that Sly, Cooper, and Infamous, those two franchises you all love, yeah, we're not focusing on them. They're not gonna receive any entries in the near future. In a statement published by the studio's website, they thank the fans for the support and they have some of their plans for the future. But according to it, the team's working on a new game that requires the full studio's attention. So there's currently no Sly Cooper or Infamous project in the works at Sucker Punch or any other studio. However, they did clarify that they're not done with those franchises forever, and they would never see never to reopening those stores down the road. Alongside the announcer, Sucker Punch revealed a few of my updates to Infamous games that will roll out soon. According to the studio, the, state, the statement, uh, the studio will relocate the Infamous to UGC servers to prolong their lifespan, though they will eventually need to sunset these. Actually, uh, and also, we'll add Cole's Legacy DLC for The Infamous Second Son to the PS Store. And they thank everyone and appreciate their hard work. Considering their last their last game was Ghost of Tsushima, an open world game set in medieval Japan during the Mongolian invasion, the Ghost of Tsushima received positive reviews and all that funness. And apparently, the recent job listing that came out hinted the steers next game will be another open world stealth game. So, I have Ghost of Tsushima, and then they made the director's cut, and I was like, why do these games have director's cuts, now? So, complicated, complicated, complicated. But, if you're a fan of the anime series Bleach, it's back! Coming back, Bleach! The Thousand-Year Blood War. Or with a trailer and key art promotion. The Quincy King has arrived. Ichigo, please save the Soul Society. Set to release in October, set to come out and premiere on October 22 October 2022. And they thank the fans They expect modern to contemporary colors, a new, refreshing experience, experience with the new anime. The story will cover the final arc of the manga, which covers volumes 55 through 74. That's long. The series' return cast members will also include characters that didn't appear in the original anime, but are reprising their. Their roles from *Bleach: Brave Souls* video game. So yeah, uh, the the final volume is set. The Great War is near. Meanwhile, Steve Jobs is posthumously uh, awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Okay. Along with 16 others, other individuals who have made exemplary contributions to, to the prosperity, values, and security of the United States, world peace, and other significant societal, public, or private endeavors. Okay. The full list includes Simon Bells, Sister Simone Campbell, Julieta Garcia, Gabrielle Giffords, Fred Gray, Steve Jobs, Father Alexander, Khan, er, Lindsay, McCain. Nash, Megan, Rafun, uh, I can't, appreciate sure I put the most of these names, Alan Simpson, Richard, uh, Denzel Washington, yeah, besides Steve Jobs and, and John McCade, uh, Denzel Washington is like the third guy I knew, really, so, yeah, the official announcement stated that President Biden has long said that Americans can be defined by one word, possibilities, These 17 Americans demonstrate the power of possibilities and embody the soul of the nation. Hard work, perseverance, and faith. Uh, there is another word. Uh, this is just my opinion, though. Uh, You forgot the most important part. Money. Lots and lots of money. (sighs) Remember money? The almighty dollar. So... Yeah. Ubisoft, you know, that dark, messed-up company, uh, as announced that they are shutting down its multiplayer and online services for 15 games on September 1st. They include Anno 2070, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Liberation, HD, Driver San Francisco, Far Cry 3, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, Prince of Persia, The First Forgotten Sands, Rayman Legends, Silent Hunter 5, Space Junkies, Splinter Cell, Blacklist, and Zombie U. Wait, that was still going? Oh, okay. However, they did have to remind, had to note that it was important to note that the remastered versions of Far Cry 3 and Assassin's Creed 3 will not be shut down. So, um... Yeah, it's an end of an era. I'm surprised how long they lasted. <laughs> Meanwhile, Guardians of the Galaxy and Daily Six writer joins Bioware in a probable desperate attempt to save as much possibility as possible. Uh, the writer the, the, the of Guardians of the Galaxy and the Daily 6 prequel writer, Mary Demeryl, has joined Mass Effect and Bioware. BioWare. In Dragon Age, and his report is reported has previously spent the last 14 years at Eyes Montreal, right up until they got sold to the Embracer Group because Square Enix want them magic NFT beans. So she switched her, switched to Bioware, really her new position as a senior narrative director, and that it probably does involve, and it does probably involve Dragon Age and Mass, the next Mass Effect game. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun time. Looking forward to what she brings. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I played that. I finished it. Maybe they'll see the videos one day on my gaming channel. I just, yeah. So, Call of Duty. Uh, fans think that in 2024, after some images leaked, revealed that they think we're getting Black Ops 5. <sighs> So, yeah, there was some leaked footage that came out, and maybe a con- continuation of, of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and this will take place in the Gulf War. So, okay. So, yeah. And, and this, this is a stealth aircraft, and the reason why this thing is that the images contain a... Uh, a real life F 117 Nighthawk stealth al- aircraft, which was first deployed by the US military in the 80s and became synonymous with the Gulf War of 1991. If accurate, the timeline suggests that a continuation of the story of Cold War, where nothing official just yet remains speculation. At the very least, the copyright claims and account suspensions of the leaker in question leads to the feelings of aut- authenticity to what's been revealed. Oh by the way, Activision Blizzard apparently said they did nothing wrong because of an internal investigation, so screw them. <laughs> Meanwhile Skyrim Skyrim gets their co-op mode. Finally, uh, a new improved cooperative mod called Skyrim Together Reborn released on July 8th. Yes! Skyrim Together Reborn allows up to eight players with more or less everything in the game synced out. Quest, the contents of the chest, audio, and subtitle dialogue, and much more are fully synced between players' games, and PvP can even be enabled if wanted. Cool. That's, that, that's actually pretty, pretty damn cool. The modding community has shown that it needs more. Like, a lot more. Can they just make... Can they just be the ones working on Skyrim instead of re-releasing it over, and over, and over, and over, and over, and over, and over again? But they'll probably make more. They'll probably release the next one in about 20 years again. Meanwhile, Kingsman Taron Errington still wants to play Wolverine and is met with Marvel. Yeah. Um So uh, I I can't see him being um seem looking like Wolverine. Now, like if he he's a good actor, but 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 Wolverine I mean like he would have to uh, it be uh Yeah, we don't even know. <laughs> like, even like, I think it is partially because everyone can't imagine Wolverine without Hugh Jackman except for probably voice actor ones, but Hugh Jackman was to everyone Wolverine, he looked the guy, he played the part it's just hard to imagine who could succeed him as Wolverine it's sort of like how Star War. how um, you have, like, it's like trying to find someone who could play Ian McDermott's Palpatine. It's like, it's hard to imagine anyone playing the Emperor in a post-Ian McDermott world. It's just weird to imagine that. And if it does happen, I'll be amazed. But they'll probably just, you know, use machine technology. And I'll get to that when I can one day. But basically, it's Kathleen Kennedy coming in and saying, We learned not to recast the old characters. We never learned anything actually good. I'm Kathleen Kennedy, and I hate Han Solo, I think. Meanwhile, speaking of Star Wars, uh, Andor, you know, that guy, the man who famously said, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Um, I just have a, so remember that line? So Yeah, casting Andor. Um we're finally getting the explanation and it takes place five years before Rogue One with that series going on at Disney Plus, which Spoilers, I, I think he'll die in Rogue One! Uh so yeah. Um yeah, they talked about season two and how the first season will take place over one year, while second season will cover the last four years. So there will be like three blocks of episodes that will tie into the into each year for season two. And we will, will roll around Anders' rise from thief to rebel spy and leading up to the plans of Rogue One and his... Be- and how Jin Orso says that he would be a stormtrooper the way he acts, which would be interesting to see to explore. But we'll we'll see if they actually go with that route with that route because we need to think about the kids. Even though there's a there's a PG-13 movie that features someone saying "set on fire," but you know th- that that's okay. But characters being not good people, my God. We can't have that, unless they're comically evil! Ain't that right, Palpatine? Yes. Do it. So... yeah, uh... We're back to the mining community. Elden Ring! That, not that, that game. The Difficult Game. Also known as the game that caused an immense amount of controversy inadvertently because everyone lost their mind that day. Um... Yeah, they added a new mod. Avatar The Last Airbender's Firebending. My god. This... This is destruction. incarnate. it. So, yeah, we haven't had an official Last Airbender game yet in years, and not even, la- not even Avatar-, Avatar game since, like, what? 2014 Legend of Korra? Uh... Yeah, uh, I'm curious as to know if they'll ever try and do another game or set a prequel game. But yeah, um, you can you can get the st- standard red flames or Princess Azula's blue flames. The mod includes several different attacks depending on the input and sound effects for each. Oh, those insane madmen! The modding community is awesome. Meanwhile, anyway, as we. Despair at this news, Bungie is reportedly working on a Destiny mobile game. Oh dear. According to the report from the Game Post, developer has partnered with Chinese company NetEase to create the game. An employee apparently posted on LinkedIn saying that they worked with Bungie to develop an unannounced FPS mobile game. So I'm officially doomed. The developer hasn't confirmed anything itself. However, we still know very little about Bungie's work, what Bungie's working on despite Best Destiny 2 being released over five years ago. It has at least one new IP set in development and a character-focused multiplayer game with humor and RPG elements, but hasn't shared much. And they've even been tight lipped about the next, the new mobile game, but apparently this is set to be a Destiny mobile game for reasons. And we're probably going to get microtransactions up to the, up the, up the wazoo. So, good luck. I'm not playing that. Also, EA has th- thing- has partnered up with Halo co-creator Marcus Leto, who was uh, <laughs> leading the Battlefield Universe project at Seattle about a new Battlefield campaign, a single-player one, after the, um disaster that was 2042 can, can they actually make a good good game before they make a single player game first because um, yeah, apparently this this, this whole Vincent Pellissette and some of the E is now looking to create a connected Battlefield universe that explores different routes and business models perhaps one which is a dedicated single player project oh my god so I was thinking Share Universe when I had first read this, but like, no, we're just finding probably new ways to scam people. Oh, and because people want to go ahead and make money and money, 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 uh, NBA 2K23 is putting Michael Jordan on the cover while bringing back iconic Jordan challenges. Because 23. Uh, They said that Jordan was chosen not only because of 2K2023's matches his iconic jersey number, but also 2K said because his spirit matches the theme of this year's My Player campaign mode, answer the call. That's making 23 the most recognizable number in sports. It is only fitting that NBA 2K23 reintroduce the Michael Jordan edition and charge it over a hundred bucks. Wait. (sighs) Meanwhile, Google pre- agrees to pay small app developers $90 million to sell a lawsuit, according to Riders, uh To sp- be split between US-based developers, the lawsuit claims that Google Play Store's policies forced developers to use the storefront's billing system, which imposed a 3% fee on all transactions. As a response, Google announced back in 2021 that it would only charge developers 15% fee on the first million dollars of revenue earned from the Google Play Store each year. Sure. So, the $90 million Google agrees to play, according to a uh, blog post detailing the settlements. And uh, sell the lawsuit will be put towards a fund. Should the court approve the proposed settlement, access to the fund will be made available to app developers that that generate $2 million or less of annual revenue between 2016 and 2020 through 2021. A vast majority of U.S. developers who earned revenue through Google Play will be eligible to receive money from this fund if they choose. If the court approves the settlement, developers that qualify will be notified and allowed to receive redistribution from the fund. How's the Apple one going? Oh, uh, that was settled in August last year, where the developer would make $100 million payments to US app developers. How goes the Epic one? I kind of forgot about that. Meanwhile, Microsoft Games has announced that Xbox games will no longer include Xbox 360 games on their Games with Gold program from October. Beginning October 1st, the monthly games provided by the Xbox Game Pass and Ultimate ultimate and gold members via games where gold will no longer include 360 titles saying we've reached our limit to of our ability to bring 360 games to the catalog however games with gold will continue to include include exciting xbox one titles and exclusive savings each month this will not impact any xbox 360 games that you downloaded before october 2022 any xbox 360 titles that you did via games with gold before that time of yours to keep under your xbox account regardless of whether you continue your subscription Yeah, so, yeah. And sometimes they replace the 360 games with the original Xbox title, like July 2021 did with Conquer Live and Reloaded. So we all know Conquer from Rare. That was a game. Meanwhile, uh, Rockstar, because they're petty, petty, petty people, have reportedly shelved Red Dead Redemption GTA IV remasters and are even taking a backseat on Red Dead Online to focus on GTA 6 completely. So what you're saying is... <laughs> what you're saying is, um, because you didn't know how to do a good remastering of the game with the GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition, you decide to take away our chance to have Red Dead Redemption in GTA 4 and decide to scale back on, DT- on Red Dead Online, which was already dead in the water, and you're going to basically punish people to fo- and say it's to focus on GTA 6. Oh, dear. Like, those games aren't as old as the original trilogy, so... I don't think it would've been as harder to graphically update them and still keep the style and aesthetics and patch out when we bugs were still there. But nope, they're going to go ahead and just, just quit. We're done. We're taking the money. We're taking the money and we're blaming all of you. That'll surely get customers to like you. Meanwhile, the Duffer Brothers, the people who made Stranger Things, uh, announced that when a Stranger Sp- e- Sp- Things spinoff coming, they said that the idea on the Happy Set Podcast, the idea ultimately is to pass the baton to someone else, someone who's hopefully really talented and passionate. The idea of Ross and I, say, doing a pilot and leaving it, it just feels silly to me. You really need to be there from the beginning to end. I think we need to find a partner to help us with that. So while Stranger Things 5 the final season will be coming out uh, next year, and there are many established characters the show could follow with spin- the spin-off. The Duffer Brothers just says to expect something a bit different, saying, I read the rumors there's going to be an 11 spin-off, they're going to be a Steve and Dustin spin-off, uh, and that's it. another number. <laughs> that's not interesting to me because we've all done that. We spent, I don't know how many hours exploring all that, so it's very different. Really, creators are t- tight lipped about it. They did tease us that the spinoff, hinted at last September during this, Netflix's co ch- chief executive officer, Ted, will feature some connective tissue with their signature storytelling sensibilities. So, yeah, the Stranger Things series is not, while ending the main series next year with their epic season five, where hell comes to Hawkins, literally. And they will be moving forward with a spin-off series that will probably focus on a new character that might have connections to the Upside Down. Meanwhile, James Cameron. Remember remember James Cameron, the guy who mysteriously disappeared? Oh, man. So, remember how he's... Remember how he's disappeared in a lot of years nowadays since um, Avatar happened? Uh, dear. So James Cameron might not be directing Avatars 4 through 5. He's just going to do the first 3 and be done. Saying, the Avatar films themselves are kind of all-consuming. i got some other things I'm developing as well as that are exciting. I think eventually all over time. I don't know if that's another 3 or after 3 or after 4. I want to pass the baton to a director that I trust to take over so I can do some other stuff that I'm also interested in. Or maybe not. I don't know. Saying everything I need to see about family, about sustainability, and about climate, about the natural world, the things that are important to me in real life and in my cinematic life, I can say that they on this canvas. I got more excited as I went along. Movie 4 is a cro- croaker. Uh, it's a mother. Mm-er. I actually hope I get to make it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um <laughs> God. The trailer that was released back in May had more views in 24 hours than all the most recent Star Wars films. Well, Disney lost everything now. But so they they just lost it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, James Cameron, like, the fact that he spent all this time trying to make this series, and now he's going to just leave after three, probably, is like, oh, wow. Wow. But, um, we're going to take a short break after after this, and... Stay tuned for this ad break, stay tuned for more. I'll see y'all in a few minutes. Take take care, and if you need to use the bathroom, you can go. You could have actually paused this and, and went to the bathroom this whole time. But okay, let's move on, everybody. Let's take our break, and we'll be back after these messages. Take care. We're back everybody. Let's finish this this week off of news with The Stranger Things. So, Stranger Things, according to Netflix and the Hollywood Reporter announced that Stranger Things fourth season's final two episodes out. The latest season of the Duffer Brothers popular horror series has surpassed a billion hour viewing mark. Okay. The newest season recorded 1.15 billion hours of viewing in its first 28 days, the only show with the bigger viewing time is Squid Game, which was recorded at 1.65 billion hours of viewing time in the same period. As Squid Game is the first South Korean language production, the distinction between being the first English language series to hit the similar milestone goes to Stranger Things Season 4. Viewing hours in the first 28 days is a typical metric show track versus more conventional metrics like viewership, but this is Netflix's preferred metric and the one that it's regularly shares with the public. So while it's not an exact viewership estimate, it does showcase Stranger Things is still a hugely popular series and is one that's devoured by subscribers when a new season premieres. So, yeah, considering at the time that they were only released, the final two episodes of Stranger Things season four was released only days ago. That's saying a lot, probably because of how big those episodes were, like virtually feature films, but, uh, yeah, as that goes on, uh, Activision Blizzard is being acquired by Microsoft continues to have uphill battles with both the U.S. government and now the U.K. government launching their own investigation into the acquisition. The Competition and Markets Authority, which is responsible for ensuring fair competition between businesses in the UK and ultimately that consumers are not exploited through means of such as monopolization, has opened an inquiry which initially, with an initial decision due on September 1st. As reported by CNBC, uh, the investigation will consider whether the deal could harm competition and lead to worse outcomes for consumers, for example, though, through higher prices, lower quality, or reduced choice. The Authority will spend the next two weeks collecting information and perspectives from involved parties. So, yeah, this is also coming in with U.S. Senators, the City of New York, and the Justice Department, and a U.K. government watchdog launching an investigation into the billion-dollar a pretty big move. The decision in September will determine that there's no, that there's no issue, oversee we'll proceed into a more serious and in-depth Phase 2 probe. <laughs> Microsoft then released a statement to IGN later on saying that it will fully cooperate with the UK government's Competition and Markets Authority and welcome the scrutiny. We, f- we will fully cooperate with the CMA's merger review. We expect and think it's appropriate for regulators to take a close look at this acquisition. The corporate vice president general counsel said, We have been clear about how we plan to run our gaming business and why we believe the deal will benefit gamers, developers, and in the industry. Committed to answering questions from, reg- from regulators and ultimately that a thorough review will help the deal close with a broad confidence and that it will be positive for competition. Remain confident the deal will close in its physical year 2023 as initially anticipated. So, with all that stuff going on, uh, I am curious to know how the concerns are and if, you know, craziness fanatics on both sides of the console space will go ahead and make an announcement about this and their quest to destroy... Because that's what they think. Uh, we'll see how the probing hearings are going, and we'll see how that as the weeks go by. Meanwhile, the director of Thor, Love, and Thunder, the name I cannot pronounce for the life of me, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's also directing a Star Wars movie, and I'm now officially concerned. Because he's working on a Star Wars movie. And um, she she he asked Natalie Portman if she wanted to be part of this series, part of this, join the series, as he works on his own Star Wars movie. Oh dear. Okay. Um. So this is my concern, I've been in a Star Wars kick lately and now I'm concerned with this because when I first heard this I was like, okay, how do you not know Natalie Portman was Padme Amidala, the most unrealistic politician in the history of fiction because she actually cares? How do you forget she was in the prequels? Like, I know there are people that hate the prequels and Disney's saving contempt for it for a time that led to a compromised vision of Star Wars' sequel trilogy because you're trying so hard to ignore the prequels. It's like... It's so frustrating to hear that this is what they were thinking. Like, oh, ZOMG, she was Padme Amidala. Like, would I like to see Natalie Portman come back into the role with a, with hopefully much better being allowed to showcase our full abilities? Sure, it would be awesome! I would love to see the rise of Padme Abadala to being becoming Queen and later on in life how she became the senator and what she was doing in legislation and all that. Like a political Star Wars thriller we could do, even though we know the, for, the, the inevitability and all that. Like, we saw the Clone War series and how this all ends, but we never but I don't think we ever really got I, I would be interested if we got a Star Wars series set between Episodes 2 and Episodes 1 to see how she went from Queen to Senator. So, yeah. When I heard this, I was like Oh, uh, man. Um The very fact that this happened made me concerned when I heard this during an interview with The Rolling Stone. It was like, oh, God. So, yeah, I I have my concerns. Meanwhile, God of War Ragnarok got a new trailer and is set to release on PS4 and PS5 on November 9th. Following rumors of a delay into 2023 and reassurances from the developer that it would be arriving this year, they released a new CG trailer featuring Kratos and his son, fighting off multiple threats, including an absolutely enormous wolf. Incidentally, the wolf might be Fener, who in Norse mythology is the son of Loki. If you played the last game of the series, it's a complicated idea. So pre-orders were open on July 15th, and showed off four major special editions, including a full-on replica of Thor's Mjolnir—not the—not the Mjolnir, Mjolnir uh, from the Marvel movie. Just to reiterate that this is not the same Thor. This is a more accurate Norse mythology Thor, not Marvel's Thor. So yeah, we're going to. We're going to get Ragnarok event and it's going to lead to complete disaster. Meanwhile, as that goes on, the action RPG Forspoken by Square Enix has been delayed to January 24, 2023. A result of ongoing discussions with key partners and reassured the fans that it's in its final polishing phase, it's possible the decision has been made to move the release away from other ma- major releases, so, in order to get the new IP a fresh start. Originally said to be released on October 11, the day itself followed a delay after the game was originally announced for May 25th. Incidentally, the first early message also said extra months would be used for polishing the game. So. The, P- the game was announced back in 2020, but was noticeably quiet. A hands-off preview we s- that was said that which is being created primarily by the Final Fantasy XV developers has an off-kilter take on the RP- JRPG formula. It looks more like an open-world RPG in the vein of Assassin's Creed and The Witcher than anything previously seen from Square Enix, according to a hands-off preview from IGN. So, And they even brought in Rogue One writer and Uncharted creators involved at different points of the development process. Starring Frey, a young woman pulled from the modern New York into a fantastical realm called Athenia. But the game will focus on magic, parkour, and high-speed action. Despite the delays, the game sells a number of editions signed up for pre-order. Okay, so I get why. Also, I am also concerned that they'll also be like, we still got to get the NFT beans, even though the NFT market's collapsing. Yeah, I'm not letting that go. So... Because live service shooters are not really popular with people at the moment, uh, with Destiny getting a mobile shooter game, and now Ubisoft, the company that has done questionable things, uh, is also releasing a, a Division mobile game called The Division Resurgence. It will set itself in New York City after the viral outbreak and with a new independent storyline. Ubisoft confirmed that Resurgence will offer a unique perspective on key story events that have taken place in both the Division and its sequel, which launched in 2019. So, yeah. So, I do not care. Like, the Division universe, I'm just not interested. I tried it at one point, but I wasn't interested. I couldn't get into it. So, because, um... <laughs> so, remember our friends from the Quick Stop? Remember them? Well, we're back with the Clerks. Clerks 3, the long-awaited return to Kevin Smith's seminal slacker movie series, starring the original cast, who will see Randall Gray suffer a new fatal heart attack, of course, and team up with Dante Hicks to make a movie about their time working at the Quick Stop grocery store. So expect hygiene and Insanity to ensure. And Silent Bob. <laughs> oh boy, that, that, that's going to be a thing. That, that, that's going to be a thing, I'll give it. Uh, get ready for Insanity at the quick stop. Pretty sure something's going to blow up after this. Also, the Duffer Brothers uh, have announced has started a new production company called Upside Down Pictures, which will help create more films and television projects with Netflix. And despite the name, uh, they have already announced one of their big projects will include a live act, a new live action adaptation of Death Note. Okay. Oh man. Uh, um, yeah, when I heard this, I was like, "Did uh, like anime and, and live action never seem to work out. Like, maybe there is a formula that can make it work, but yeah, so far it hasn't worked out. But other projects do include an original series from the creators of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, an adaptation of Stephen King and Peter Scrubs, The Talisman in partnership with Steven Spielberg's Albion Entertainment and Paramount TV, a new stage play set in the world of think, Stranger Things, and a live-action Stranger Things ba- ba- spinoff based on an original idea by the Duffer Brothers, but headed by someone else. Leading the new production company is Hillary Livitt, who has worked on shows like Orphan Black and Ozark. i would pretty sure I butchered that. But, uh, yeah. The Duffer Brothers have a lot of things lining up for them, so... Netflix did release a live-action Death deathmail movie in 2017 that took place in Seattle, Washington instead of Japan, but kept the premise of a teenager discovering a book that kills anyone whose name was written on it. I mean, like, that, it'd be crazy not to have the premise that makes the whole thing happen. So... Yeah. <laughs> also, um... Remember The Matrix Awakens? The the big tech demo for Unreal Engine 5? Yeah, well, uh, they're, they're removing it from the stores on July 9th. They removed it from the stores on July 9th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, there were some mods added to the game, like Spider-Man and Superman were added by modders to allow players to experience really like to move around the city as those characters, and once again makes people pine for another Superman game, because for God's sakes, when will they stop making Batman games? i like, we got a Wonder Woman game in the works, can we get a Superman game? Like, there is a way you can make a Superman game. And modders and creators on YouTube and other places have showcased, yes, it is fully possible to make a believable Superman game and not have him be super overpowered. Okay? Okay. So remember all those years ago, way in the before times, when gaming was fully completed and not all compromised with horrible decision making? Well, remember the uh, famous Halo Two E3 demo that was never known for the people, that was never given to the people because it was a pro- a bi- a prototype that was shown off, and uh, a lot of stuff happened. So the Earth City demo that never made it into the final cut of Halo Two, but was considered universally considered a spectacle of its time. Uh. Saying there's a little in the eight-minute demo that isn't worthy of awe, in the original preview from IGN, it was announced that, yeah, 343 Industries is recreating the demo as part of the larger mining project to revive cut content. As outlined in a Halo blog post, it was ma- being made playable for the first time as part of the Dig Site project, which will also bring back pre release content from the original Halo Combat Evolved. This will include a ton of different assets, including previously unseen models, vehicles, NPCs, weapons, and even levels. Earth City headlines the package, though, though finally letting fans have a shot of the famous demo after nearly two decades. While Free 3 is definitely open to bring it to each version of the Master Chief Collection, it says it can't make any promises about bringing it to console. Now, in my opinion, they easily could, they could just do what Bethesda did before Bethesda lost their minds, is have a modding page for us to use and you could make separate builds, so to speak, for for users between a modding space with a custom games browser and modding the campaign. Like, you could do that. I, I'm not, sh- I don't know how difficult it could be. I'm not a developer, it probably is difficult. But there is a foundation to work with from Bethesda. And your guys are working with Bethesda since you own... Since Microsoft and Xbox owns Bethesda. You can just ask them for help. Just don't get Todd Howard involved. He'll compromise everything. So, I told you that GTA remaster games that were cancelled and Red Dead Redemption was cancelled from being remastered? Yeah, um... Oh God damn it! Because Take Two and Rockstar cannot stop themselves from destroying content that that was guaranteed promotions for them. They have been a creator who goes goes by the name of Luke Ross. Said on his Patreon that Take Two is ordering that he removes all their copyrighted works from his Patreon page. They were sent a take- an issue takedown notice by Take Two, as reported by PC Gamer. While his GTA 5 mod is available to download separately, the Red Dead Redemption 2 1 and Mafia 1s are still the works in progress and therefore only available on his Patreon, where Ross reportedly earns more than 20 grand a month. Now, I would like to say that they're not paying for the content he get for, for for the stuff he's been making. They're paying him to continue making his works. They're not paying for the product. Well, like, I could be wrong, but that's how, that's how I see it. So, yeah. That being said, Ross knows that the takedown was filed as a copyright issue and a licensing issue, so the motivation for the request does not appear to be related to the fact that, the, that there's money involved. They did come as a surprise, however, Ross says none of my modifications are built using software belonging to Take-Two Interactive Software Incorporated, and the modifications are not intended to replace the games, nor are they meant to exploiting Take-Two Interactive's intellectual property or assets. Ross is hoping to gain further clarification of what exactly he did wrong, but Warren Frague said if he can't, he will need to take out all his ta- Take-Two related content. I refuse to believe that this is where Take-Two Interactive Software wants wants because that would be extremely anti-consumer and anti-ganger move on their part but i'm not getting into a legal battle with them if they want to assert their corporate dominance for games instead interest as collateral damage uh i have no power to stop them So basically, Ross is a well-known modder and has VR support for plenty of other games, including Elder Ring and Cyberpunk 2077. As you expect, his mods players to use virtual reality headsets on PC to play the games from the first person's perspective. Dear God. So this just leads to a question I have and, and stop me at my reasoning here. This is once again a question I have with I've had with Nintendo, what I had on my old Pop Culture Omniversa channel where I talked about Total Drama when someone made a fan episode. Why not just hire these people? Why take them down? Why suppress them? Why oppress their creativity? You could just hire them. The, they're, they're, they, they've given you free advertisement, they have built entire game off of VR or animation and with more money they could even make more content out of it and content is king these days why take them down why not just hire these people why not get on the phone it's like okay how much how much do you want we'll pay you how much do you want for for your talents we'll pay you how however money you want for these talents of yours but no, no, the corporations, man. The corporations. <sighs> they're, they're too busy trying to crush our hopes and dreams. So yeah. So while that's going on, uh, my rage towards, towards corporate domination, as we talk about more corporate domination, we got the return of Daredevil and Kingpin, Charlie Cox and Vincent Donofrono. Oh, returning to the upcoming Echo series currently filming. According to Hollywood reporter, both Cox and Defano have joined the series along with Hawkeye star Aliyah Car- Cox as Maya Lopez in, Je- in the Jeremy Renner's Disney Plus series. Cox will appear in Echo as Matt Murdock looking for a former ally who may or may not be Jessica Jones. This could pave the way for more Netflix Marvel heroes to return to the MCU. Ooh and following a couple of surprising twists that were mentioned such as Charlie Cox's Daredevil showing up in in No Way Home and Kingpin showing up in Hawkeye and we all and people were worried at first that Kingpin was killed off even though this is more like a reference to the comic where Kingpin ended up getting shot in the face and he was blinded for a time he then got better yeah because comic books so for those who have the MetaQuest <sighs> headsets, they will no longer require Facebook accounts starting next month. Hooray! Yeah, we're doing it, man. MetaQuest came out saying you asked, we listened, as in we're thank you for your input. We will gladly do it. But instead we're gonna give ourselves a pat on the back because we suck. So they finally removed the Facebook requirement feature in their terms of service, so hallelujah, there was much rejoicing. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's going to be an open world Terminator survival game in development at Mathcon. Announced as part of the 2022 showcase of theirs, the as-of-yet-untitled survival game was revealed to be in the works. It takes place in an open world and set between the events of Judgment Day, the Skynet nuclear strike that caused the apocalypse, and the formation of John Connor's Resistance. Okay, The game will feature an original story that draws upon the events portrayed in the movies. No gameplay has been revealed, but we did get a cinematic trailer of a T-800 hunting someone in a warehouse-like environment. It's not much, but the drawing of the original theme tune can be heard in the background, so there's that at least. So, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, can't they just have the Terminator series just die at this point like I, I i this sounds exciting for an open world terminator game battling terminators or maybe you can play a Termi- as a terminator because they're awesome but um here's the thing i've I, i've just been wondering it's like there's so much terminator content that's been wrecked like after two they just didn't know how to tell this story any further and honestly the only like the only way I could have seen it working out is if they just made one and two ended it at two but they could make a prequel down the road that sets in motion the first events of the film and that's it that's all you can do with this or make a video game set, set, set before the events of the first Terminator movie That's all you can do in my mind. To me, Terminator ended after two. And there's the alternative ending where they did end the movie on a high note that had an optimistic future. But nope, we cut that out from the film and had that be a different ending. So, yeah, there 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 is that James Cameron clearly wanted to end Terminator after two, but Hollywood's like Hollywood's like, we like this franchise, let's keep it going. And Really while there have there while there are niche audiences for *Terminator* Terminators 3, Salvation, Genesis, and whatever the last one was that killed off certain characters that no one that people loved out of nowhere because we need strong we need new rays around, even though you're contradicting your statement about how you don't want to do a chosen one story, except you're doing a chosen one story saying he she was decided by the hands of fate, so That's clearly the Chosen one. So, yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of things that really should have been considered more in the editing process of all this. um, Someone edited the Obi-Wan Kenobi series into a two and a half hour movie. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, so I actually checked this out, and I was like, yeah, this definitely should have just been one movie. Uh, you'll talk uh, uh, so the original plan was to have a trilogy of films, then they stopped it, and then they, um, made a series out of it, and, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, someone edited a two and a half hour movie uh, into the ser- into the six hour series, so... He did have a love for the Star Wars universe and the excitement he has for new content coming from Lucasfilms. And he says he only wants urges people to only watch his kind of the series if they're subscribed to Disney Plus. I want everyone sure that everyone is supporting the original artist and the show is not, not letting this means become a pirating. So, yeah, even though we know people are probably not going to do that because the corporations, man. The corporations. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, E3 is set to be produced, is set to coming, is e, E3 is coming back um, in 2023. Yay, I so don't care. The E3 organizer of the Entertainment Software Association has announced that it will partner with ReadPop to produce E3 2023, best known for running PAX, Star Wars Celebration, and New York Comic Con events. The show will return in the second week of June 2023 and will take place in his now traditional home of the Los Angeles Convention Center. So, and there was plans that that they would return next year as an online physical event, but involving Pop makes a new approach for the show. No specific changes to the usual makeup of the event have been revealed, but Repop global VP of gaming, Kyle Kish, uh, uh, there is another name involved, but I, I can't pronounce it. I tried earlier. Promised in a press release that E3 will be recognizably epic and return to format on as words always worked while reshaping what it didn't. It is a tremendous honor and privilege for RIDPOP to take on the responsibility of bringing E3 back for 2023. With the support and endorsement of the ESA, we're going to build a world-class event to serve as a global gaming industry in a new and broader ways than we already done at Readpop through our portfolio of world-leading events and websites. So, yeah, especially after the last event, uh... Involved the leaking personal details of attendees And the wholesale cancellation of of this year's event While ReadPop has continued to thrive off of changes Due to the coronavirus And other stuff And adapting to the times Yeah And now let's finish this this week's New Worth of News off with Comics Wakanda the home of the Black Panther will get its own comics miniseries just in time for the movie sequel. Oh no, I am so shocked about this. I can't believe it. So yeah, uh, the world of Wakanda, home of Black Panther and the Marvel Universe, will be associated of a five-issue limited series starting in October, spitting out John Ridley's current run of the main Black Panther title. In Ridley's run, the T'Challa has been exiled from Wakanda, with the limited series aiming to fill in the gaps of what's going on back in the Black Panther's homeland while he's abroad. EGSU features different creators telling stories focused on the wider cast of Wakanda from Wakanda One featuring a story with of spotlights of T'Challa's younger sister Shuri, for writer Stephanie Williams, and artist Paco Medea. With Williams saying, I've been such a huge fan of the Black Panther over the years, especially the evolution expansion of the women of Wakanda. It's truly an honor to kick out the new series with the series story, and I hope I can add to her in the Wakanda's already impressive lore. A former bearer of the Black, mantle, her Black Panther mantle herself, series tale will focus on the young hero's genius level intellect and solutions for protecting D- Wakanda out its traditional, traditional ancestral guardian. Alongside the main story from rotating creators, each issue will feature an installment of The History of the Black Panthers, a backup tale which will tell the first definitive history of the entire line of Wakanda's heroes to take up the mantle of Black Panther. Along with some art- beautiful artwork, along with Art Germ, Erm Stanley Lau, Featuring Killmonger, so I'm definitely going to get that just for the artwork. And Destiny of X continues with the announcement that Knights of X, or Knights of X, ends with Issue 5, but will return in some form. Ryanatini Howard has written in her substack on the future of the X-Men comic books Knights of X, written by her and drawn by Bob Quinn, which has had no solicitations since Issue 5, and the trade paperback of the first five issues having no volume number. I say like y'all loving the book, and I'm loving that you're loving it. I know some people are sad about not seeing a situation in previews and I get it, the industry is crazy, and no one tells anyone anything. So I'll tell you, Nights 5 is the last issue of that book, but we're not done, we're about to take Betsy on and maybe her greatest ride yet, and some very special people close to her are coming along too. But to do that in a way, we wanted to get involved with a big old exciting pivot, our Captain Britain isn't going away, and I'm not done telling stories with her. Thankfully, Betsy and I seem permitted to still do so, we're happy about it, thanks for coming, sorry for the stress, issue 4 is big, you'll love it, Bob just turning what might be the spread of his career for issue 5, we love this book. So, Captain Britain, Excalibur, Strike, Sir James, Jasper, and the Fairies, once in Future. Maybe we'll find out in the upcoming Marvel solicitations. But yeah, that is the end. We're seeing the end of the Knights of Ten with issue 5. It would have made more symbolic sense to end it with t- issue 10, but you know, I'm not a I'm not a comic book industry businessman. So yeah. So, sorry to say for those who were loving Knights of Ten, but, uh, yeah, we're ending at Issue 5, but Tina Howard has stated that the adventure of Betsy Badrock, of aka Captain Britain, will not end after Issue 5 of Knights of Ten. There's still more to come, as, uh, war seems to be on the horizon for the X-Men against the Eternals. So, uh, yeah, that, that's probably gonna be a problem. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, this was this week's worth of New Reality Collective news. I'll be working on some stuff, hopefully, in the meantime. This was New Reality Collective, hosted by Eric Brown. Feel free to check out my other content, stay tuned for more, and have fun with this last ad break and outro. We'll see you all next time. Thank you, Everyday Fans, for check- for sponsoring this episode. I'll see you all again next time. Take care.